what's up everyone welcome back to another episode of crossover commerce i'm your host ryan kramer and this is my corner of the internet where i bring the best and brightest in the amazon and e-commerce space back in the office today as everyone can see if you saw me last week i was in my secondary office and studio but we're back in the original setup here so i'm glad to be back in my office and of course it's good to be back on another week of crossover commerce we have so many great guests lined up this week can't wait to get started but of course every episode if you're new to the space as you may or may not know uh if you're new to the space or if you uh hit all of our past 231 episodes or 230 episodes today's 231 is presented by ping pong payments ping pong payments is helping more people keep more of their hard-earned money when it comes to sending and receiving their funds so if you're paying out your suppliers your manufacturers your vas overseas um if you're receiving funds and you're growing internationally on canada uh, mexico australia japan wherever you might be selling your goods and products let amazon uh, let ping pong payments help keep more of your hard-earned money you can sign up for free go ahead and check out the links below if you're watching this um, on social media, or if you're listening to this, check out the show notes below. It's usa.pingpongx forward slash usa.pingpongx.com forward slash podcast to see all of our past episodes, but also to sign up for free today. Thank you, Ping Pong Payments. Um, so yeah, it's Monday, uh, April 4th, according to my calendar over here on my desk. Uh, we just passed Q1, right? Q1 just passed. A lot of people are starting to gear up for many momentous things here in the space here. Um, when it comes to Q2, uh, Q3, and what that looks like here going into, obviously, the back half in the most important time of year, I would say Q4 for a lot of people. Um, but a lot of people, what they're doing right now is they're trying to understand the product research component of it, really find what, as they grow their brand, grow their business, and really find those winning products, how do we continue to differentiate and find success on Amazon? That can be finding the right product niche, finding the right products that that offer a you know a unique perspective and really stand out from competition. So that's what we call today. Uh, with that being in mind, that's what we call today's episode: product research with high demand and low competition. How do you find it? How do you uh, search? And if everyone's searching for it, how do you find something that fits in those categories? And we brought an expert in, guys. I'm really excited to talk with her. I was giving her lots of praise uh, before in the pre-show about. Hey, I saw your your booth, and you have lots of people that are asking for advice. You are a seller yourself, and you've helped a lot of people grow. So I'm gonna get to pick her brain here on this episode today. I'm excited to bring on to Crossover Commerce Day Isabella Ritz of Ritz Momentum. Isabella, thank you so much for hopping on Crossover Commerce today. Oh, you're on mute. I I can't unmute you real quick. <laughs> yep. Now we're good. No, we're yeah, good now. No, we're, we're good. good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Monday's back, you know. No, <laughs> yeah. Hey, the surprises. Let's, let's try that again. Once again, it's nice to have you on Crossover Commerce today. Yeah, it's nice to be here. Thank yeah. you for inviting. Yeah, of um, course. Uh, um, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was, gonna, I was gonna say, no, I'm super excited. I have so many questions just off the top of my head. Uh, first off, I want to know uh, where you're joining us from, first and foremost. So I'm joining from Washington, D.C. area. Okay. What part? Yeah. Because I grew, um, uh, I actually lived in Richmond, Virginia, which is about two hours south of DC for a little while. Yeah, uh, I'm closer to DC. I have just 27 minutes uh, okay. till the Washington Monument. So I'm going to be in Virginia. It's like pretty neat place, mm -hmm. suburb. Um, I can cool. tell that it's like terrible, but so far so good. It's just cold. Like people love it. Like when people hear that I'm living in the end, like, oh, it's just such a cool place. It's next to, next to McLean and it's like super expensive. Well, I'm like, yeah, but it's still cold, you know? It is cold. Yeah, it it's doesn't matter how, like the worth of your house if you're, if it's always cold. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. So, yeah. so you, what, uh, what, what brought you there? Uh, for some reason in your bio, if, uh, if I read your bio, I thought I, uh, the business is located in Orlando. Is that correct? Still? Right. Or is that, okay. Yes. And I'm really excited to come back to Orlando and I hope everything will be smooth and good this summer. So we're coming, I hope we're coming back, but I actually got married for the third time in my life. And that this is the last one for sure. This is yeah, the last my, one. Third time's yeah. a charm, right? Yeah, that's right. So my husband, uh, he got a job here. So he related government. So that's why we moved uh, to Virginia. It's, it was not optional. It was necessities. You have to so be there. We ha yeah, we have to be here, here. So that's why we're here. And um, yeah, we just had to triple our income. We had to grow more because Virginia is like pretty expensive state. Even like it with is. my income that where I was feeling so comfortable in Florida. Uh, it's it become uncomfortable in Virginia. So yeah. 
that was cool. another challenge. Well, congrats on well, congrats on you know the marriage and, and and moving there. So you've been there for how long? Just a couple months, it sounds like. Uh, no, it's like two two years already. Oh, two years. Okay. I mean, yeah, time time doesn't exist anymore in uh, in this space. Uh, you say two years, and it feels like ten. So uh, <laughs> that's amazing. So uh, congratulations on that. You so you're in there. Uh, is your team fully remote? Because like, give me your background. Like why, why an agency, you guys are full service. Uh, you're still an Amazon seller. If I, if I'm correct, um, just a little that I know of you, but give me your background. Like how did you get into the e-commerce space? Yeah. So long story short, uh, I'm serial entrepreneur. I started my first business when I was 17 and I was, uh, capable to cover all my financials and financing of my mother when I was 16 years old. So genuinely speaking, I was in love with money when I was little. Uh, Did you were taking care of your mom financially at 16? Yes. Holy smokes. Was that, yeah. that was out of necessity or is that something you felt like you should do or how to? Just my mom was always super lazy. She, she didn't like to work and I was always wanted stuff. So, you know, like um, when I was going to school and kids had stuff and I didn't like kids have this uh, very nice uh, pencil cases and they been had, they had like nice clothes and I was wearing like the t-shirts that been already right here, you know, and I didn't have any cool stuff. So like, no, you know, it's not how it works. I really have to earn money because I want to have stuff. And uh, yeah, I started my personal business at 17 and I sold this business when I was 18 years old. That was my first million rubbles, not dollars. Rubbles. Right, rubbles. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it was $35,000. So it was still That's a lot. lot. Yeah, it was a lot 20 years ago. Yeah, 20 something years ago. So it, it was a lot. Uh, and then I felt that like, oh, it's actually pretty cool when you can start business, sell business, start business, sell business. And it's been uh, for a while till I uh, launched my interior design studio. And I was growing the studio via e-commerce a lot, via internet, via ads. And I like, I find out that it's pretty cool. And if you will look back for like 18 uh 20 years ago internet was pretty uh easy and simple it it looked difficult for us because we didn't know what it is but it was pretty easy to advertise so generally speaking uh knew from the very beginning what is uh seo what is uh, ads how you should create google ads and yandex ads because we had yandex ads in russia and when I moved here in 2015 to the United States, I had to figure it out how to survive because I had some money and I lost this money here in the U.S. because I was cheated by some uh, people. I th- not I a bad, think- exp- not a good experience. It sounds like. no, no. But uh, you know, I still would. In the in the beginning, I was blaming these people, but then I was thinking a lot, and I was, you know, it's actually my fault because I should <clears throat> think better, I should trust better, I should do research better. And uh, I should actually try at least um, figure out like what is the contract about because we didn't have one. Mm. So, so <laughs> somebody that took advantage of you financially yeah. through a contract. Okay. Yeah. So I just uh, anyway I, I lost hundred k and I had the leftovers of five, which I invested into Amazon and uh, I had my first return of fourteen thousand dollars, which was pretty. Uh, Cool back to 2015, 2016, because it was Q4. I started uh, right before Q4 appeared. So I was pretty lucky, I think. And um, I realized that Amazon actually works. And I was uh, launching one product, another product, another product, another product, another product, another product. <laughs> and then I was actually, I got a couple of failures that taught me a lot how, like, how I supposed to act better. And it's not about like bad reviews or it's not about uh, bad advertisement. It was uh, based on the suppliers when I ordered um, the inventory from China and I paid without trade assurance. I paid directly to their bank account and I got uh, poor quality uh, products and I start getting a lot of returns, a lot of refunds. And at the end of the day, I had a huge loss because listing was suspended and the right. inventory was terrible. And my 1,200 uh, uh, sales a month on this specific ASIN was like lost, been lost at this very moment. So that was a very, that was a great lesson because at this point I had to, think and I had to do better research of the supplier. 
I had to learn how to do trade assurance every single time. I had to learn how to do better the product research. So it's been a lot of lessons. And in the very beginning, because like I, I, uh, I'll, I'll say a little bit of backup. Uh, my first business was about training centers. So we've been training people how to sell, how to be better at communications, how to talk to the, to the suppliers, how to like uh, grow their sales department. So we've been a lot of corporate trainings. And at this moment, I become a business trainer. So I was a business coach for 21 years of my life, like a very long time. And what I was learning and I was selling on Amazon. I said, no, I'm not going to teach people how to sell on Amazon. <laughs> and then I give up because like, again, same story. Everybody asked how to do that. And I decided, okay, anyway, I have a pretty big audience. I'm going to uh, actually uh, tell the story and I will teach people how to do that. So I was doing uh, this for a while and I was teaching people how to sell on Amazon. We had a pretty good rate of successful students. We still... Uh, I still hear a lot of feedbacks like, oh, thank you. Finally, I crossed my 100K month. That was actually a couple months ago. That was so proud of my uh, former student. Um, but at some point, I was feeling that I don't feel really fulfilled because I want success rate to be better and higher. So we created agency and we started doing a lot of uh, like listings, optimizations. And then I'm like, you know, it's not good enough we have to do product research. And then we started doing product research. And uh, I really think that we could at it and we can do the product research with a high demand, low competition using that data to customer approach that I personally created. Really? <laughs> so so you, yeah. you figured out you figured out your niche yeah. well and what you're good at. Yeah. People successful. I like that. Correct. So I figured out how to, and I, I believe some people figured out it as well. So I, I genuinely believe I'm not the one. Otherwise, this market uh, will be pretty new and it's not. So I figured out how to look for the products that have a high demand, low competition, and the product that you actually can customize. Because a lot of uh, sellers, especially new sellers who are going on Amazon, they are thinking what they can sell, which what is like really popular on Amazon right now. They're going to best sellers, they're searching high demand of competitions. They're not, they're not really thinking. But when you're going on Amazon as a buyer, you cannot sometimes find something that you really want to buy. You're buying something because you have to but not because you want it, because you don't have any other options to buy. So, and we're creating the product that people actually want to buy. And they like, they like these products. They love these products. They want to buy more of those products. Like we're creating repeated customers because like some products you can create for the different occasions, for example. And people keep coming back. So it's not the subscription, but we're also helping people to build uh, the brand uh, from the very beginning, and it doesn't matter if you're a huge seller, if you're a small seller, if you're a small seller, it's harder, which is mean you have to use more tricks to figure out how to build this small, valuable community that you'll be able to launch your product in the future easier. So yeah, it's like long story short, and I'm happy to like answer your questions to like open uh, more topics. That there's a lot. There's a lot to unpack there, and I, I appreciate yeah. kind of that journey. So you you opened up an agency because people were asking for help because you were successful. Yeah. You were still selling. Are you still a seller, by the way? You're still yes, actively yes, selling. I am. We sold our businesses, uh, some of them last year, and we launched new ones. So oh, very are- cool. Yeah, so I would a- I would ask you, did you sell through? Uh, so for that, was that kind of the end game for you? I'm, I'm just curious in that regards. Did you always want to sell, or you thought the opportunity had capped out on those brands? What was that for you personally? That for you me personally, it was like why I did not realize that Amazon is the same business like others, and you also can launch and sell them. Yeah. I was I was I think I was just pretty slow to realize it. Hey, now you know, it sounds like a couple businesses now you've unloaded and here for the better for it. So, um, well, congratulations on that. I think that's really exciting. Not everyone can see, no, everyone has a valuable brand that other people want to acquire. So that's obviously a win for you. So with that, so your life as an entrepreneur, uh, as an entrepreneur, Isabella, I see a lot of different avenues that you've tried and gone down. So 
Amazon seems the natural fit because you can help a lot of people, but you can also be that entrepreneur mindset of, hey, I want to get into this category or this um, this mindset or or find that niche that can help people that people are looking for help on. Is that kind of where the drive comes for you is, hey, this is the easiest way to get out in so many people in front of so many people quickly? Is that kind of where this motivation comes from? One of them, yes. So I like to launch business when um, you see when you can launch it fast. You can accomplish it fast. You can accomplish it fast. You can have the better, uh, bigger results. And because, like, I don't know if you uh, believe in astrology or not. I'm very skeptical. However, I'm a Leo. Okay. And Leo, and Leo, they love success. I'm they a Leo as well. Oh, really? I was thinking about it. Cool. So and they love success. They love to share success. They want to be successful. And they want to uh, be accepted in the community as a successful person. And I believe here's something about my uh, personality where like, I want to be there. I want to be accomplished. I want to show people that it's possible. So uh, when I was coaching people, it's never been about, I want to create the course that will make me a million dollars. It's been always, yeah, I'm creating course, but I care about people. So I will never do it for free, ever and ever. Because well, you put value on time and time you put yeah. a lot into it, it sounds like. Yeah, correct. But for me, their results are important, extremely and the agency become as an agency because we really want people's results. Does that answer your question? Yeah, no, it does. Because I mean, you can see the results, the your tangible results that you put into it, the time that you put into it, it correlates to how successful other people are. So that makes a lot of sense. Um, so I guess, so you, you're a successful entrepreneur in the fact that you're still a seller, you're an agency now. So how, how big is an agency? You were kind of talking about this pre-show of, or in the beginning of the episode, you, you're how big now? Uh, right now, we're in about 50 people in the agency. And 50? Wow. 50, yeah. Uh, we've been fluctuating back and forth, uh, especially with the designers. Uh, everybody are selling Amazon, but designers are not. So right. designers are always, they're just the creation part. However, uh, because like some politics are going on, uh, I decided that I want to... Uh, help and I don't want to help just like send in money and like do some donations. I decided that I want to hire extra people. Uh, and I hired uh, on Friday actually I hired 10 more people from Ukraine. Uh, wow. awesome. to yeah to help them and at the same time to help me to grow my business because I had some positions that I was like okay one day I will hire someone one day we'll hire someone. One day we'll hire and we will get pushing it off. Yeah. And then I'm like, you know, actually right now there are a lot of talents and they are like, they really need a job and they actually need this job to be done. So now we're 10 people more on board. And I believe this week we will get a couple more. That's amazing. Congratulations. I mean, again, I, you're, you're finding the ways to support other people and help them grow their business. Those people in Ukraine, like you said, it's very difficult right now. I know a lot of people are displaced. Companies were displaced too. So they're trying to help and grow. And uh, that's amazing that you find your own unique way to support them, but also help your, your business grow too. So that's entrepreneurship 101 is how do you help everyone win and succeed? Um, so, but we, we called today's episode. So Isabel, you have 50 people, you're, you're growing like crazy. What, it, what is the main focus? Are you, do you guys want to be like a full service agent? You're a full service agency. What made you decide to do that instead of be very focused on product launches or, uh, listing optimizations or PPC only? What made you say, we're going to do it all. So, you know, Listing optimization, SEO copywriting, um, photography, and etc. Everybody do that. Sure. Everybody do that, and it's pretty hard to compete. And with the product research, I didn't think about competition in the very beginning. I was thinking about how to do it right, and the way how we figured out how to actually launch the products and launch it pretty fast uh, made me. Uh, feel excited like you know i think it's actually our niche and later on i find out that actually not a lot of company doing that and i so far i didn't find anyone probably I, I believe someone will show up soon 
uh, I didn't find the companies who are actually doing product research and the product design together. Some companies doing product research uh, without any custom. Some people are doing um, creating ideas that people are bringing on board. Like some customers are coming there saying, okay, I want to, I have an idea. Can you create a product? And companies are creating these products, but nobody's doing them together. So we're doing them together. We're doing the product research and we're doing the product custom and the product design. So this is something like about the expertise and something that really has value and will help a lot of people achieve their results faster than longer. So in that kind of context, it makes sense. That natural bridge makes sense if people are doing one step and you're you're connecting all the dots together. It makes a lot of sense to me. Where, where does that journey, if I'm an entrepreneur and I want to work with you, Isabella, what what does that start with? Uh, do they have an idea that they want to pursue or they they found keyword research through like a carbon six or a helium 10 or a jungle scout, something like that. How are they approaching you and find that collaboration of, Hey, I've done my research. I think this is an opportunity. Are you the validator? Are you the, Hey, let's narrow all these ideas down to a few. Then let's work with these. What is that so, process? Uh, the process is when people are coming, first of all, of course, uh, uh, they have to apply because uh, they have to have the uh, at least uh, budget and they have to have a desire that like, yes, we want to earn money with Amazon. We understand that Amazon is a high risk, high potential. We understand that every single business is a risk. We understand it. So that beginner so, is coming with you just with the intent. They're like, I'm in it for the long haul. We need your help. Yes, okay. correct. And then we're creating the strategy. So we have um, on a kind of background, we created the uh, on air table, like the sheet where, where we can um, create the selling strategy. So for example, if you want to earn $30,000 with three ASINs for the market price of $69 with the margin of 35%, you have to sell, you will sell this amount of ASINs uh, and you have to sell them uh, with this amount, like with this price. So we can play with the chart to find out what strategy works better for them. And based on this strategy, we can create the amount, uh, we, we can create the financial chart, how much actually they have to invest into those products before our services cost. Uh, the moment we approved it then we're starting the product research and of course if they don't want to go to the specific niche we're not going to but we have some niches that we're going all the time it's like home and dining um the top uh, three or four that top are three very or four, yeah yeah of course like whenever going like to any fresh or uh pet food or something like that so we are trying to do everything no no consumables on your end no okay gotcha. no no it's those it's are tough pretty, those, those are tough, yeah. So again, we're trying to make things uh, simpler and easier. So it's it's a lot of complicated stars, things already. So we're not trying to make it more complicated. And then we're doing the research based on the target audience. So we're looking, okay, so let's take a look what audience do we have right now, what occasions are coming up in like six, eight months. So for example, if right now we will look for the product, we will try to look for the product that people will be able to launch during this Q4 because we still have time. And after their Q4 will pass, they will be able to stabilize their product and their product will, will be stable during a year with the Google Trends. And based on like, well, so look into, we're, um, uh, look into the semantic core, like if people don't understand what the semantic core, the amount of your uh, keywords that will be indexed on Amazon. So we're looking at every single keyword that is like high uh, demand, high ranking keyword, uh, is uh, trending during the year. So we cannot do any like uh, keyword that is not trending at all, or like it's 10 to 12 <laughs> and the uh, demand only during Q4, like let's say Christmas tree, right? So we cannot So we no cannot seasonal products or anything like yeah, that? Yeah, no, 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 no. Uh, we, we have customers who are coming to us, they're like, I want to sell seasonal products. Yeah, why not? But then you have to have 10 of them. Yeah. So yeah, and you have to, to be go. all year round, or you know, find yeah. find things that supplement and 
fill your business yeah, out the calendar. Correct. Correct. Yeah. So we do that too, and it's working as well. Uh, however, uh, we're trying to make sure that like some products, they all have trends over a year, or they have trends over the year, and they have like a spike during Q4, which is super sweet. When like you're during Q4, and everybody has uh, a spike on their sales, you want to have a spike as well. Uh, I, I remember how one of the accounts that we sold uh, was um, uh, with the uh, supplements uh, and skincare. So in this account, most of the products, they've been like uh, very with a very smooth sales over a year. We never had a huge spike during Q4. It's been always smooth, like a little bit, maybe a little bit up, but not really. And like. And on other accounts, I've seen like, oh, here is Spike, here is Spike. Like we're selling a lot on those accounts, but this account is just good over a year. And over a year, like you feel good about it. But during Q4, you really want to have this Spike. Yeah, you want to see the Spike. Is, is, that a com yeah. is that a conversation you have to have with clients all the time is like managing expectations of it's not a bad thing to have consistency across the board all year round. It's like getting paid, right? Of, yeah. hey, you want to have that consistent cash flow instead of all at once at the end of the year when it, it might be the same thing. It, do you have that conversation a lot or is, is that uh, difficult to navigate? Sometimes, through? no, sometimes we do. Like it depends for how long we're talking to the customers. Uh, but yeah, uh, we're, we're talking about it a lot uh, when people want to dig deeper, what actually happened if or when. So yeah, we're discussing it with the customers because every single selling strategy is important. Like as more front end job you will do like easier will be later so in, in that regards so consistency is obviously important the the topic that we we're really covering on and it's very important to you which is why i want to make sure everyone understands it is high competition or high excuse me high volume low competition so from you is there like what is the ways that people are finding this that they might be able to stand out when other people don't notice it. Or is there is there ways to understand um, almost like the hidden hidden success stories, right? You want to find that hidden area where, again, there's not a lot of competition. But there's a lot of people searching for that product. Where do you start? Where, where do you get inspiration? How are you discovering those kind of pockets, if you will? Yeah, so here are several, uh, we can say dozens uh, approaches that we're using sometimes. Again, the person who is physically doing the product research supposed to get expired, uh, inspired, sorry, like a designer, like in the very beginning. So you have to get this inspiration. Of course, the easiest way you can go to Pinterest, Etsy, uh, Facebook Marketplace and take a look what people are selling there right now today, what is like the most popular products. And just that will be your foundation from where from where you're just starting research. You can also go to like Helium 10, you can go to the Smart Scout, check out their tools or seller tool in the beginning just to take a look where you want to start. And the moment you found one product that you want to start with, you are going inside of the sellers account and you're taking checking what they're actually selling sure yeah if they are selling something nice with the low amount of reviews and uh let's say 15 20 dollars you're searching for this product on amazon you're searching this product on amazon you're checking what is going on on the market you're checking the demand the moment you're using the tools for one of the products that like you seems for you, like they're pretty good. You're checking the Cerebro on Helium 10. And the moment you're checking Cerebro on Helium 10, you can find a lot of uh, extra keywords that supplementing this product. And a lot of uh, keywords are actually giving you the idea of what is going on. And some of those keywords have the high demand. And when you're going on the market, nobody's selling this product at all. Right. And then you're searching on Google, you're searching somewhere else, and you can find maybe a couple um, internet stores that are selling this product. And then you're checking also like how those uh, websites are looking on the side of SEO. And if they are really well, very well ranked, means they're working on their uh, website, means they have sales, means they're trying to succeed. So it's like... Uh, I see kind it. Of 
the domino yeah. effect of like, hey, yeah. it's a validating effort of, hey, maybe this is a lot of pointing in the right direction of maybe I should take a leap into this. I and mean, there is opportunity. Uh, what would you consider? I guess a lot of people ask this question. I think it's a valid question of what do you consider high demand? Um, is it searches? Is it revenue? Is it what in your eyes do you consider high demand? High demand is, let's say, 30 to 50,000 uh, searches a month per one high-ranking keyword. Okay. If we're comparing to the low competition, because if the keyword is like at million or 500,000 searches a month, it's no way it's no competition. And you're only doing that in revenue. Yeah, it's not, it's not yeah. low competition. Yeah. So you really have to have this like five to 10 high-ranking keywords with the 30 to 50,000 and uh, searches a month. And when you're looking for the products and if the products are proving you that, yes, we are selling well on Amazon with this amount of demand and you're checking their semantic or yes, this is like another check mark that you can actually try to sell this product on Amazon. Absolutely. How do you how do you distinguish the difference between catching a trend too early versus um, if something is going to be consistent? Like you said, it, it might be a consistent keyword that's been around a long time. No one's just found it. It's like that hidden diamond, if you will. Instead of catching a trend that's starting to increase in searches and you're seeing this upward trajectory and maybe it'll last a long time and you want to hit it at the right time. Do you ever work with that with clients on hitting a trend before it really takes off or do you want to have more of that Again, going back to consistency, would you rather have that consistent, established keyword functionality that you're just finding low competition on? I like the keywords that like they kicked off not earlier than 2020. Okay. So it's supposed to be like if they're trending, they cannot start trending a month ago. Right. They have to be established at least for like one and a half year okay. because otherwise we can we can face the situation like with the fidget spinners right that's, a good, like, that's a good example yeah as a shelf like, life or it only lasts for a year and a half two years and right. then it, yeah then it yeah, dies off yeah so we don't want to do it and like one you cannot predict you can always predict with like small gadgets but it's pretty hard to predict with like let's say very gaudy they launched them, I believe, like in 2013. And it's, it's been a huge trend. Everybody been buying this berry, goji berry, and right. some other berries. And then it was matcha tea and everything else. And what we see on the market right now, everybody are still fighting for like the price. People are not fighting like whose product is better or cooler or whatever. People are fighting not for the quality. People are fighting for the market price. Wow. So is that is that something that you also have to look at too? Is is cost of good? Um, what what products are going for? If it, is it worth it? Like you said, getting a matcha tea, people are trying to find the cheapest quality um, instead of hey, I want to find a really nice watch and I want to find a quality that is going to come with the price tag. How do you balance the two of going into a product with a hey the lowest price you can possibly get versus hey, I'm going to try to charge as much as I can and get the most out of this product because it's high quality, um, how it's put together, the goods, everything like that. How do you balance the two and what's more important? We are looking for the niches that are actually um, valuable for the consumer. So where people are not searching what will be like, I want to buy for the cheapest price. I want to buy it because it's valuable for me. It's value. It, it's important for what I do or where I use it, or it's important on Batman. I love it. <laughs> and it's important for like, uh, if it's a gift, it's important for the person that, that I will give this gift at the end of the day. So we're not searching for like, like, uh, for the product, like silicone straws, for example. Right. Yeah. Like if you'll go on the market, you'll find out that like people are, fighting for like to be to have the better price even like three four dollars and it will be like set of hundreds silicone straws with the brushes with something like else always something dishwasher yeah. safe it's multi-color pack or all one color yeah. it's we definitely yeah and we don't want to have it uh we don't want to put our buyers our sellers to fight so we want our sellers to have the products that will be valuable for their consumer and when consumer will take a look on their product, 
they will understand that like it's better on the market than someone else. We like when we're creating the product and we're creating the listing design, we always have the comparison chart. And this comparison chart is truth. So we're never doing like, okay, let's uh, create the chart and put all like these check marks because we're the best. We are creating the comparison chart based on the other competition, when based on the real products that are already on the market. So probably actually, feedback that in reviews or just real life, yeah, strategy and yeah. data that you're getting, you want to emphasize, and that's what a lot of people are searching for is real life customers who are searching for, hey, it doesn't fade or it doesn't, uh, it lasts a lot longer, or like you said, it has this feature that a lot of people are probably giving feedback to you. So obviously, why not highlight those kinds of things to Correct. better enhance and grow your product search? Yep. Amazing. So um, I, have, I have kind of a a question for you, Isabella. Um, I, I've I've always kind of heard this catch twenty two. Obviously, you don't want to you don't want to sell a product that's not making a lot of money. You'd rather sell one product for a thousand dollars instead of a hundred products to get you to a thousand dollars in revenue, right? You, you kind of want to find that that nice sweet spot, if you will. What about high demand and low competition in very in premium products? And I mean like you said, above $100 that people might be searching for on Amazon to do 100 300 like um, not just electronics, but it could be just premium goods. What about yeah. looking in those niche niches? Is that something that people don't look at a lot or they do? It's just a lot of upfront cost. They do. And I can tell you there are some like niches that are not really premium. They're just niches like farm, for example, Okay. And, yeah. pro and farm products, they're not cheap. They're over 100 bucks. Sometimes they're over 300 bucks. It's expensive to be a farmer. Correct. And those products like are giving you a pretty good margin and you also can sell it by FBM and not, it's not necessary to sell it by FBM. Not a lot of competitors are there because <laughs> uh, people uh, do not like to go and sell cheap products. Oh, sorry, expensive products because the investments are higher. Very high. Yeah, so if you want to sell expensive products, generally speaking, it's always good to go as long as demand is there because competitors are not uh, fighting with each other much, especially on Amazon. Amazon is the market of the low prices, mostly, mostly. Of course, like there are a lot of uh, exceptions there. However, it's much easier to start selling something simple, something cheaper, something more expensive than something cheap. So we're not going to the prices lower than $39.99 ever. And our uh, favorite price is $69.79. $69.79. Okay, well, you have to tell me the background. What What is that reasoning behind that? So when you're selling for, let's say, $69, you have 35% of uh, margin from this price, from the okay. market price. Generally speaking, okay. Generally speaking, yeah. Sometimes you have more because your um, custom was better and you can save, for example, on shipping, shipment. Right now, not much, but still, <laughs> yeah, right. you have to figure out. Uh, with like in the packaging, whatever it's like, you have a lot of way how you can save uh, on the shipment. And when you have this 35, it's enough of money for one product. When you can hire a team, you can have uh, enough uh, space for your PPC campaign. So you have enough uh, money to for the, your external traffic. So as long as you still have 10, $15 left over from your sale, you are in a good position. Okay. And, and that's that's kind of the, the padding or the margin that you're trying to work with per yeah. transaction. Yes. Okay. So $69.79, that's where a lot of people, that's where you're trying to shoot for. So if I see that on Amazon, I'm going to know that's an Isabella product, right? <laughs> Not, it, does, it, does, it seems a little random, but like you have a thought process behind it, which I really like, probably yeah. because of like referral fees, all the fees broken down, you probably are like, calculated wise i can walk yeah. away with 15 dollars in, in profit Correct. at the end of the day so Correct. that that's your goal and that's your ideal what is have you had to have a lot of competition where or a lot of uh, conversation with people is saying you're selling for your product way too low and you're literally losing money or you're not going to last because of you're selling it for too cheap have you had those com conversations before 
Um, Where you have to say you need to increase your prices or you're going to run out of business. Well, people were coming with their products, yes. So, like, we, we have several customers who are coming and they're like, I don't have sales. And we're looking into their products and they are all too expensive. And they're saying, okay. if I will sell it like lower price, with the lower price, people will, like, I will not have margin. I'm like, well, right now, you don't have any other options. Like, or you're going to pay storage fees or uh, you have to lower your price and get it out of this product on Amazon via PPC or just liquidate it. Or when people are coming, like, I am going to sell this product cheaper because I want to win the competition. My answer is always, like, why are you going on a market if you're going to, like, lower the price yeah. to, like, fight the competition? Like, what's the point? Sometimes you can use this strategy when you have uh, the product that you're selling at cost just to grow your followers and community on Amazon. Uh, but at the same time, you have to have other products that actually making you money. It's just, it's not about strategy here. It's about like the approach that people are using to make money on Amazon and to sell their products. So, so with, with that being said, if I'm, if I'm entering this, I have all my products lined up. It's a great product. I'm working with you when I'm entering a new market with, you know, low, low competition, what is the way to to kind of earn that as quickly as possible. It's almost like a launch strategy, but it's, do, do you have to put more effort into it and really like to box out competition and take it over quickly? Or is it different than going against a really high competition where you probably, hey, maybe I'm bidding higher on PPC. Is there a difference in strategy that you're walking clients through in that regard? Yeah, it just, you have to create, or like we have to create the product. Just genuinely speaking, it's, um, two main problems on Amazon or tasks. You have, a, if you have a good product and bad marketing, you can always fix the marketing. If you have bad product, it doesn't matter how you're going to uh, work with your PPC and external traffic and everything else, people are not going to buy this product because it's bad. It's so, just bad product. So product leads the way always. Yeah, so we are trying to put a lot of efforts into the product that people will actually buy. So that's why we're researching a lot. And that's why we're trying to, when we're like doing the custom and when we're doing the product design, we're using Pickful a lot to actually find out that like, okay, people will like this one versus this one, this package versus this package, this font versus this font. So we're trying to make a lot of proof on the front end, uh, making sure we will not have the struggles that you're talking about. Oh, absolutely. And, th and that's yeah. why it's important because I think a lot of people just misstep or they, they do it without help or guidance or like you said, the education behind it and that they don't look at the whole picture instead of, hey, maybe I'm thinking more about marketing, but if the product's bad from the beginning, it's not going to fix it. Like you said, it's going to it's gonna come back around and then you're going to get bad reviews. You're going to get bad uh, feedback. You're going to get those returns and ultimately you're not going to be successful, but it might be not bad marketing, but it, again, bad product and vice versa. You want a bad product or a good product to always lead the way. It might take a little bit longer, but I think garnering market share because it's a good product, a lot more people are coming back and returning. Makes a lot of sense to me. How are you? Um, I guess for, for everyone else who's listening to this as and they're really excited. And again, if you're watching this on LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter, I'll give another quick uh, a, a shout out. This is a live podcast. So if you have a question, you can submit it through the comment section. We see it on all of our screens too. So if you have a question for Isabella, and for example, an example or a thought too, feel free to ask um, in the comment section below. But uh, a couple other things in terms of product research and, and kind of working with other tips. What, what are you um, in terms of manufacturing right now? There are a lot of people are struggling with like supply chains and issues with that. I'm, I'm curious for you, since you run uh, businesses, how many different backup plans do you have in terms of like manufacturers that you can, if they get shut down for one reason or another uh, in China, do you do you switch to a different uh, manufacturer in a different country or do you have all these different plans? I'm, I'm curious from your standpoint, how many yeah. backup plans do you have? It, it's a great question. So I believe back to September 30th, October 1st, 2021, um, China shut down the, their electricity to like, and a lot of factories told us, okay, we're going to work just one day a week. 
and it's Q4, and it's like a lot of things are going on. Uh, of course, we started to take a look to like India, to Taiwan, um, to Thailand, some of it. So we're, we have some suppliers there. However, uh, we are really looking forward that um, Latin America will start doing the stuff that we're actually looking for because right now Latin America, they're supplying based on their catalogs. They're not supplying something that you want really to customize. But because they uh, China gave them an opportunity right now to work with the United States, and they are they started already to understand how American market works and how Amazonians, uh, what, the, what are our, our requirements. And we really hope that we believe, especially after some Amazonian trip, they are right now, you probably heard about it, it's happening right these days. Uh, they went to um, Latin America to uh, talk to the manufacturers, and I believe they will get something for us from there. And we will be able to use Latin America as well. It's more expensive uh, per item, but it's cheaper with shipping. And it's faster with the shipping. So probably we will start working with them. However, answering your question, what is the backup plan? Backup plan is to work with the different cantons right now in China and India. Okay. So if something is super bad in China, we will switch to India. However, in China, not all cantons are shutting down at the same time. So right. it's almost it, like a different times and different reasons. Yeah, it's hard yeah. to forecast. Correct. Yeah. So like Shenzhen is always uh, in a big danger of something happening. They're like, oh, like we're not working like once a week and all this stuff. But Yibo, for example, Canton Yibo, they're, they're working four or five times a day till now. So they're fine. We're, we have a lot of production in this Canton so far. So with, with that being said, how difficult has it been to do product research and because a lot of people, I know um, we there's a lot of fairs going on, obviously, in China. And that was the way that people got to, to shop through markets and see what's available and, and engage with that. How have you evolved or how have you um, told your clients to involve in discussions with, hey, maybe new products coming to market? Is it all through the virtual fairs or is it all through just conversation, like you said, samples? And it just takes a little bit longer to launch products now? Or how's that evolved since 2020 to now? And how are you so like, getting ahead? When when the new product is coming on the market, uh, again, we're not trying to look to those products because we don't know how this product is going to behave on the market. We're trying to uh, go with the products that already have proof, proof of demand, demand proof. Sure. So we, because for us, we cannot risk our customers' money. We're already risking because we're starting the business or we're expanding their business or like we're adding new product to their business. It's already a risk. And to do the double risk, uh, I don't, like me personally, I don't feel comfortable because it's other people money. It doesn't matter if it's a huge investor, if it's a small investor, like right. it's still uh, their pocket. So I'm tr we're trying to make it with the more it's big responsibility. As possible. Yeah. So, so of course, like if it's an investor, they will not tell you, later like give my money money back but at the same time it's still money so you have sure. to be responsible here so with that being said um have you have you just looked at i'm curious kind of thinking bigger picture too because i think that in the couple months we have left i'm, I'm curious for growth opportunities every time i prosper and i know we were both there all I heard was, hey, now we're starting to think about globally. We're starting to think bigger picture. We're starting to think about how this product fits in different markets. Do you start from the beginning with your clients in terms of product research that's going to have that global kind of allure to it? Or do you take each market by individual components of, hey, that's a great idea for maybe Japan, but not not as like a, a huge um, evergreen product across your brand portfolio. Maybe it's just for that product. How, how do you have that conversation and do that research as well? So when we do the research globally, uh, you start globally. Okay. Yeah. Generally speaking, uh, not every single product fit every single marketplace. Mentality sure. is super different. Consumers are different. Uh, Decision-making is different. Uh, some products for United States might fit UK and of course, Canada, most of it for Canada as well. But you cannot feed United States products in most of the occasions for Arabian Emirates 
or for Japan. It's just different. Like why uh, people are, why, why people very valuable for speaking different languages? Because the structure of the sentence is very different, means it's given your brain more perspective. However, when you're living in a different countries and you see how some people, they, they, they like think like 180 degrees, nothing is even comparable to how you're perceiving life and uh, the vision, the point of view is different because since the moment person was born, their life structure beginning from their language is absolutely different. And if we will start from like how they're speaking, then their decision-making, their taste, their uh, preferences, they're different. Their demand is different. So with, with research, yeah. then you're, you're almost at, you're almost inhibited from the beginning, right? It's coming from your perspective of what you're thinking people might be searching for. So is that why a lot of people rely on tools to, to kind of give that globalized perspective um, because people in the United States, there's a subset of uh, keywords can be searched for. It might be the fourth highest in a major keyword, but it might be in Spanish. It might be in a different language. And then you have to start to think about, okay, well, maybe it's a different subset I need to target instead of the top. Maybe it's the, uh, a different market or a different localized uh, culture that even though it's high competition generally for that major keyword, but they're searching different languages. Maybe you have to cater your pro that product towards a different culture. Is that how you, it starts to kind of curtail into something bigger and more? Yes. Okay. Yes. It's mostly like this. And again, uh, based on every single individual marketplace, we're doing the research just for this marketplace, most of them. Right. Because um, I didn't meet before like if it unless it's supplements or skincare or something that you use like daily let's say cutting boards or like utensils like something that very daily basics evergreen Genu products yeah yeah evergreen products. like genuinely speaking most of the products they don't feed every single market marketplace so yeah that makes sense and, and it's important to to be aware of that and and try to understand reach as many people as you can but i think if you try to touch everything and it's, it's going to be a round peg into a square hole. It's, it's not going to fit. And that's a misstep. A lot of people I think also take. So you, people like you who are probably, Hey, let's, let's only target this category and be happy with that and, and do a different product. And that's where you just build your portfolio as well. It's yeah. built, um, I guess in the final questions too, I, I know like you're so busy too, uh, managing 15 plus employees and, and just doing very well on Amazon. I'm curious for you, what, what is 2022 like? Um, we, we just entered Q1. What's kind of that focus? I don't know if this is public knowledge, but you said you're going to start a podcast or something like that coming up soon. So oh, yeah. well, what's kind of like the exciting things that are coming up uh, the rest of the year for you? Uh, for us, um, yeah, we're starting the podcast. If you want, I can send you the link. I, I was, yeah, like please it. do. Yeah. I mean, yes, I was going to say, will. like, I like promoting other people starting podcasts. So uh, I know that's when I first got started uh, two and a half or a year and a half ago. Uh, a lot of people are saying yes, and which was exciting. So I always prop up other people who give their perspective and show. So have you had a title or anything like that? Or yes, kind of we actually did. And um, I think we, damn, can you imagine? I didn't learn how we're going to call it. It's something made Amazon simple. Uh, okay. And we also have, um, or we already have this small uh, preview that how it's going to look like. Okay. It's almost ready. And uh, to be almost... determined. So everyone needs to follow Isabella on social media to when she finally announces it and when her show goes live, correct? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Amazon made simple. This is how we call it. I just Okay. So what, what's yeah. the, I want to uh, get from you. What's your point of view or what's your perspective for the podcast? Honestly, I uh, my main point here, because I already have a pretty big presence on Russian-speaking uh, Amazon community, I just want to let people watch everything with the Russian subtitles. And I want to introduce uh, people like you, uh, who are famous on Amazon community, uh, <laughs> with like with your features, with your company's features, like what are you actually doing and how you can help to Russian speaking audience all over the world, because there are a lot of them uh, and like Russian language is 
has a pretty big presence in like a lot of countries. Yeah, and a lot of Russian immigrants all over the world, they're trying to start and launch their Amazon business, but a lot of them are not speaking English at all. So, and we're creating the podcast that will be with the Russian subtitles. So people will be able to listen to you in English, but actually it will be like a movie. So they will understand everything. I love that. Is it a big community? I guess that's a community that I have not spoken on or have heard too much about. Obviously, there are a lot of sellers that are, is it a bigger growth area? Obviously, that internationally as they're in different countries or in Russia, is that a big country that is seeing a lot more sellers kind of take on in Amazon? Yeah, uh, I I believe there are a lot of them who are going on Amazon. Amazon right now closed everything, all opportunities sure. for like Russia, like Russia specifically. But we still have Kazakhstan, we still have Ukraine. Uh, we have a lot of sales sellers in Ukraine. Uh, Bela- yeah, still Belarus. Amazon also don't like Belarus anymore. But anyway, the sellers are still there. Sure. Uh, and uh, there are a lot of sellers, Russian speaking, in Australia, in Japan, in Europe, in Israeli, in the Arabian Emirates, here, Canada. And uh, my community is right now for April, whatever today is for. April 4th, yeah, already. <laughs> 4, yeah, 2022, I have uh, 18,000 pe- 18, people on Facebook. Wow. About, yeah, we have uh, email list. Um, like maybe we just cleaned it recently. We had almost 100 key right now it's about 10 but all of them are active uh we have about um seven thousand on instagram super active people and like all those uh interactions are very very active and uh we have we are getting a lot of impressions for this audience all the time so it i believe it will be valuable for the audience and it will be very valuable for every single person who will go on the podcast because russians they're pretty Russian speaking, uh, they all are, um, they're ready to trust and follow as long as it's very valuable for them. Of course. Yeah. And that that's a demographic, like you said, hasn't been served. So I think that's really cool that you're going to be uh, supporting that demographic. And I can't wait to hear it um, as well. So that that's coming very soon. And then on the agency side, you guys are just focused, heads down, doing the work and getting ready for the year, correct? Yep, I'm trying my best uh, to delegate as much as I can right now. So by it's tough when you grow so quickly. It's you gotta yes, yes, delegate. correct. So yeah, I'm trying to remove myself from the agency and just do a podcast and lead generation only. <laughs> so I you do this be... full time, it doesn't feel like work, and it, it's nice to just talk with people and educate, yeah. and it's fun in that regard. So are you yeah. speaking at any events, or are we going to see you at any upcoming? Uh, hopefully, I will speak at Pow Wow and Helium Town summit but we have we have both at both of them and uh yeah we're i believe it went, those are in july and september respectively i think uh, uh july for wow, wow. yeah july i believe 11 12 13 something one of those days yeah <laughs> one of those, middle yeah, july yeah i know for sure that helium 10 summit uh, is uh 2022 2022 so september 20 to 22 2022. Yeah. Look at those creative people over in the marketing department. Yeah. God bless them. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. No. Yeah. Hey, Isabella, thank you so much. I, I, this is the first time we've been, I know we've been emailing back and forth, but I'm, it's just a pleasure. I watch, I like to uh, socially survey from afar a lot of people like yourself who are just doing really great work for the community and really serve um, the entrepreneurs in the space. And I, I, I get an awe and starstruck because of it. So I'm a big fan of what you do. And again, just to have you on the podcast, I appreciate the time, the effort, and uh, you know, thank you for doing all the good work that you're helping people be successful entrepreneurs. And congrats on all your personal success as well. So um, we'll definitely run across uh, each other's paths here shortly in the future. So, um, but if people want to connect with you or if they want to uh, learn more information, how do they do that? Uh, our website retarm.com, uh, Instagram, our agency, and uh, yeah, this is the easiest way. You're very active on there. I will say like right when I tag you on there, your your team, either yourself or your team is on it. So both. I was going to say, yeah, hopefully it's both and more people that are helping you out. So, but hey, yeah. thank you so much for hopping on Crossover Commerce today. Uh, I call people, they make it through a show with me, friends of the show. So anytime you're more than welcome to come on and uh, share your wisdom and insights on any topic you find relevant to the community. So I appreciate your time today.
Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me here. Talk no to problem. you soon. Thanks, Isabel. All right. And thank you, everyone, who joined on the Crossover Commerce today. Uh, again, this is Monday, April 4th of 2022. So this is episode two. We're 231 already. My gosh, I'm losing track all the time. It's what you do in the podcast world. You never get the number right. But we are we have so many different uh, topics coming along this week. Um, we're going to have, again, Follow us on social media on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, or Twitter for every episode that we go live on. And then, of course, follow us on your favorite audio destinations. Um, just search for Crossover Commerce with Ryan Kramer. You're going to find that. Subscribe on your favorite podcast destinations when they become available in the audio format. Um, we have so many. Recently, we just sur uh, surpassed 10,000 listeners. Super excited to uh, share that with the listeners. And it's all with people like you who are taking the time out of their busy day to learn and grow on Amazon Space. That's why I'm here. That's why... Uh, ping pong's here and that's why all the different people that come on the show um come appear and say yes on the show is because they want to give back to community and help people grow in their business so with that being said this is crossover commerce episode 231 i uh, thank you isabel ritz of uh ritz momentum for coming on today now a new friend of the show just adding to my rolodex of friends of the show i should have them on uh get signed autograph copies or something like that with all the people who come on but um that being said we'll catch you guys next time on another episode of Crossover Commerce. Take care.